it is such a blessing to be able to have an in to be able to ask for certain songs to be played, and that is one of my favorites. <laughs> well, if we haven't met yet, my name is Kim Chitwood. I'm our Next Steps pastor here, and I get the privilege of being up with you today and communicating God's word to you. And I have to admit, this week, actually the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of in a lull, kind of blah. I don't know about you. Um, kind of apathetic a little bit to God, to be honest. And coming in today, just hearing the team play and really focusing on these lyrics has really got me again reminding myself who God is. And it's time. The Spirit says it's time. I don't know if you say it's time or you've said it before. You know, sometimes we can say it's time when we need to get going somewhere or we need to start something, maybe a diet, maybe more exercise, maybe it's something exciting or maybe it's something that is not so great, but you have to do it anyways. There are four times I remember saying or thinking it's time. <laughs> first one was with my firstborn, getting ready to have her, and it was close. In the wee hours of the morning, I leaned over to my husband, Dan, and I said, hey, honey, it's time. And he jumped up real quick. We got everything ready. We got... And then for the next 19 hours, we spent walking, exhausted, waiting and waiting for her to come until she came in at about 11, a little after 11 p.m. that night. And then our second, Jordan, again, happens to be in the morning. I lean over to Dan. It's time. Nothing. A little bit louder. It's time. Nothing. Start shoving him. Him. Come on, let's go back to bed. You remembered what happened last time. Well, thankfully, we eventually got up and got going because he was born not soon after we arrived at the hospital. And then Peyton, we were sitting at church on a Sunday night, and I leaned over to Dan. It's time. We're going to have to go tonight. And we had made arrangements with a friend to watch Taylor and Jordan while we went to the hospital, and she just happened to be sitting by me. And so I leaned over to her and said, hey, it's time. And she leaned back over and she said, hey, you know, I'm really not feeling it tonight. I can't do it. Okay, I'll just wait then, I thought. But then with Danny, we had the honor and the privilege of going to China to adopt her. It was amazing. And for two years, we did all the paperwork and all the signing and all the fingerprints and all the things we had to do. And they kept telling us, listen, when you arrive, when you get there, as soon as you get there, you're going to be put on a bus, taken to your hotel, and we will give you Danny. And we couldn't wait. So finally, we got an email with her picture saying, you get to make, you know, go get the airplane tickets, you can go. And so we got on a plane, and I hadn't slept for like two weeks, literally two hours a night, so excited to meet her, couldn't wait. But we, I thought, okay, it's all right, because I'm going to get to see her. I'm going to get on that bus. And so we got on the bus in China. And our liaison turned around and she said, listen, remember, it's Sunday here. So all the offices are closed. So just rest. You'll get to see your daughter tomorrow. Oh, it was not time. 
But friends, the Spirit says, it's time. It's time. We sang about it, and it is time. And we are in a series right now. We started it today called Awaken, where we need to awaken to the Spirit of God. We can't walk around being apathetic anymore. We need to awaken to him. And we try to do a series at least once a year on the Holy Spirit because often we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of a synopsis of who he is. And maybe you've heard these things before, but as I'm telling you these, let them sink in. First one is, is the Holy Spirit is God. He is God. We often think of the Father as God, and we kind of leave it there. And then some of us understand that Jesus is God, but the Holy Spirit we kind of put in his own little spirit box. But the truth of the matter is he is just as much God as the Father and the Son. And then the Holy Spirit is a person. He is not an it or a thing. He is a person, a person that lives and moves and breathes and is full of discernment and wisdom and understanding and empathy. He walks with his people. He is a person. And then the Holy Spirit indwells every single person that has put their trust in Jesus. He is God in us. And he is sealed in us so that he can never leave us. And too often we do life separate from him, but he is sealed in us. He is our comforter. He's our convictor. He is the one that gives us wisdom and help. He's the presence of God. He's our guide and on and on and on. So he is God. And when we believe in Jesus, he is God in us. And we know it usually, but we don't experience him fully because we're asleep, because we forget, we're apathetic. We walk around doing life distracted, busy, asleep. And people ask sometimes, well, how do I feel him? If he's there, how do I feel him? And that can be a misconception because feelings can be different for each person. But the truth of the matter is that he is there. And unless we choose to be with him and invite him into our presence, we're not going to experience him. See, the Holy Spirit is what's known as a gentleman. He's not going to push his way into your life. He's there and he's waiting for you to open wide your heart to him, your mind, your heart, and your actions. There's a scripture in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 that says this. It says, and you were also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory, to the praise of God. Praise God, we have the Holy Spirit sealed in us, but we forget. And we often do life 
apart from him, even though he is in us. We live, we make decisions, we make choices, we, we behave as if he's not even in us. It's like we're asleep. Yet it doesn't change the fact that he is with us. We are so asleep and apathetic to him that it can look no different. We can look no different than someone that doesn't even know God. And I need to say that again for me because seriously, this message is for me. We are so asleep or numb or apathetic to God in us that we can look and act and be no different than someone who doesn't even know God. I don't usually shut off my computer. I put it in sleep mode. The guys taught me that. They said, don't shut it down, just put it in sleep mode. And what sleep mode is, is the computer is still on, but there's no action taking place. Any apps or any, any um, files or any things that I've been working on gets put in a system memory and then when I open it again, I can start working on it again. And this leap mode is exactly what many of us as believers or those who don't know Jesus, when we, we, we think, okay, I know God, God is over here, but literally when we accept Jesus, he is in us, and we have the power of God in us. The power to transform our lives is in us. So how do we know if we're in sleep mode or falling asleep, sleep walking instead of spirit walking? How do we know? Here's a few things. Here's a few questions. If the Holy Spirit is our convictor, which he convicts, he convicts us of sin. He gives us that feeling not of shame but of guilt. When was the last time that you felt convicted of sin? Truth be told, we all sin many of us every single day. So when was the last time you were convicted of sin and then through the power of the Holy Spirit, let him transform you, repent of that sin, and change your way? If you can't remember or it's been so long, maybe you're in sleep mode. Now here's another one. If the Holy Spirit is our comforter, which he is, when was the last time you were doing something or struggling with something or in grief or suffering and you felt the peace of God that passed all understanding that comforted you? And then when you were feeling better, took that comfort and comforted others. Has it been a long time or can you not even remember? If the Holy Spirit is our reminder, which isn't a word, but I... Okay, it's a word for me. If he is our reminder then of Scripture, of all Jesus has done, when was the last time after reading Scripture and spending time with God, you had a decision to make or choice to make or behavior that you're questioning and a Scripture popped to mind or a worship song with Scripture popped to mind and you acted out of the power of the Holy Spirit to do what God wanted you to do. If it's been a long time or you can't remember, you're in sleep mode. And last, for this time, there's so many others, but if the Holy Spirit is our life-transforming power, if he's the one that gives us the courage to do those crazy next steps, when was the last time you did something that you knew was not you? Maybe you made a decision that went against your grain, 
Maybe it was a change in who you hung around with. Maybe it was forgiving the unforgivable or giving beyond your means. When was the last time you took a next step and you knew it was the power of God in you? How long has it been? How long has it been? If it's been a long time, most likely you're in sleep mode. And to be honest, most Christians here in the U.S., we walk around in sleep mode. We're sleepwalking. We have, most of us have everything we need, and we think it's because of us. We're the ones. It's about me. I'm the one that got this job. I'm the one that works hard. I'm the one when all of the blessings are from God alone. And we keep working and trying to control and doing things because we think it's all about us. And so Christians here in the U.S., often are in sleep mode. It's very easy for us to be. There was an interview I watched a couple years ago, and I'll send you the link if you'd like to watch it. It was incredible. It was at an IF gathering with Jenny Allen, and she was interviewing a pastor from the Middle East. And he had to be disguised because Christian persecution is horrible there. We have no idea. And so as face was blocked out, his voice was disguised, we couldn't know where he was in the Middle East working, couldn't know his name, but he shared the story, part of his story was that he had met his wife there, and she had been a Muslim and converted to Christianity, and then they started serving together, and after many years, they decided to move to the United States, so they packed up their family they came to the United States where they had everything they needed. They had a great home. They had two cars. They had great jobs. They had safety. They could worship where they wanted to worship if they wanted to go. They had Bibles they could purchase anywhere. They could talk about Jesus without worry. And not too long after, she approached her husband, and she said, we have to go back. And he said, what? Why would you want to go back? Why would you want to go back where we could be in such danger? And she said this. She said, I have to go back. We have to go back. She said, the American church is asleep. She said, Satan is singing a lullaby, and I'm starting to fall asleep too. See, friends, because most of us have all we need, and we think it's because of us, we tend to forget that it is God in us, and we stop relying on him. And so we go into this apathetic sleep mode, and we let Satan sing these lullaby after lullaby, lullabies of busyness and distractions, lullabies of, of success, lullabies of our bank account or our savings account for retirement, lullabies of I'd rather sleep in than go to church lullabies of, you know what, I'd rather watch another show than pick up my Bible, lullabies of spending all of our time with our kids and what they're doing instead of spending time with the Lord, who is God in us, lullaby after lullaby. So you have to ask yourself this, what difference has God in you made in your life? Carrie Job wrote the song that Megan and Jake just sang that I asked them to sing, Let the Light In. And many worship songs, including this one, was, was taken completely from Scripture. And I was reading her story of how she came about this, of, of just seeing 
and realizing that the church needed to wake up. And so I got, it got me thinking. And so starting next week, September 12th, in the youth room, any women invited, hashtag add. At 6.30 to 8, we're going to be going through a worship song a week where we dive into its lyrics, its scripture. We're going to, we're going to listen and worship all week long. And then we're going to come together. And some of the girls like Rachel and Megan and our group are going to lead us together to worship. Because do you ever sing a song and go, oh, that was good, and then forget? You walk out and you forget. Or you listen to a teaching and go, oh, I need to remember those things, and then you forget. Or you're reading God's word, and then all of a sudden, what am I making for dinner? What are we? That's the lullaby. That's sleep mode. So what I want to do as a next step for us here to practice together, and then hopefully you can take home with you, is to start inviting the Holy Spirit in. He's here already. But to wake up to the Holy Spirit through lyrics of songs, through scripture, through praise, through repeating back to each other, through prayer. All these things help us to wake up to God in us. And so, would you stand with me? That's our first next step. We're going to stand, if you don't mind. If you can't, that's okay. But I've found that movement can also help me wake up. Sometimes when I'm walking, I'm praying. And so I'm going to share some scripture that Carrie Job used to base this song on. And then we're going to try to wake up to the lyrics and the power of God's word through his Holy Spirit. The verse is in Acts 1, 8. And this is, this is where Jesus is speaking to his followers. And he just told them, listen, you know, I, I died, I rose again. But now I have to go to heaven, but don't worry. I've got something better for you here. And here's what he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we can read this scripture and immediately go to, how am I going to do that? There's no way, God. I can't do that. I can't go to all the ends of the earth and tell people about you. But it's not on us, remember? That's a lullaby. Let's look at the first part. You will receive the power from the Holy Spirit when he comes on you. It's God in you. So whenever you have that prompting that I think I'm supposed to share Jesus with this person, either in love or in a gift or in just being you, know that you can welcome the Holy Spirit in. And then we're going to go on to Psalm 24. And this is a Psalm of David. And David wasn't in the New Testament with Jesus. He was in the Old Testament. And the thing about the Old Testament was, is because Jesus was not there yet and had not died and rose again and ascended to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit on all who believed, David was granted, thankfully, from God the presence of the Holy Spirit because God just chose who he wanted to have the Holy Spirit at certain times. But David also knew, because he was not sealed, that at any time... God could remove the Holy Spirit from him. We don't have that, friends. We have the Holy Spirit in us, sealed in us. There's nothing you can do or say to remove the Holy Spirit from you unless you tell him you don't want him anymore. And I know you don't. I know you want him. 
And so David knew one of the ways to keep in tune to the Spirit of God was to praise God, and he praised him often. So we, I'm going to read this, and as I read this, will you yourself be praising God through this and be thinking of the worship song that we just sang? Psalm 24, 7 through 10 says this, Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up, you heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors. So swing them wide open, friends. Let the King of glory may come in. Who is he, the King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. It is that invitation, that welcome. Welcome, I, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, in this place. And now let's look in the book of Ephesians where Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. And he says in Ephesians 5, starting with verse 8, for you were once in darkness. Okay, you were once asleep. Again, this is scripture from that song. You were once in darkness without hope, but now you are the light of the world. We are awake. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And then he says, okay, now with the Spirit live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. So, have nothing to do with keeping on following asleep, keeping on doing the things that disobeys God, but rather expose them. Say, hey, Holy Spirit, show me what I'm doing wrong. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, and this is, this is where we wake up. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. But see, we, we were once asleep, but this is what happens. We've woken up, but then we keep falling back to sleep, and every single day we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up. We've got to invite the Holy Spirit in. I get a little excited about this. Just a little, praise God. So we've got to expose the darkness. We, we, we've got to let him show us what's going on because all those lullabies, all that darkness just is heavy weight that makes us apathetic to him and fall back to sleep. So you could be standing here not even hearing what I'm saying. I've been in your shoes. Friends, we've got to ask the Holy Spirit to wake us up. And he gives us the power to do so. And how great is that power in us? This is my favorite, Romans 8, 11. And this comes from a version called the voice version. If the spirit of the one who resurrected Jesus from the dead lives inside of you, then you can be sure that he who raised him will cast the light of life into your mortal, mortal bodies through the life-giving power of the spirit residing in you. We have the same power that rose Jesus from the dead in you, but we are distracted by our phones. We are distracted by our busyness. We are distracted by our fears. We are distracted by our sickness even. We are distracted by apathy, friends. There's so much, and we have to wake up every single morning through the day that the Holy Spirit is in us. God in us. It's a blessing. Will you have a seat? Maybe you're awake now. Hopefully you are. But friends, the Spirit says it's time. It's time to take Scripture and to meditate on it. It's time to praise God every single day. It's time to invite him in. So here's your next step. 
In the morning when you wake up, first thing, ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I invite you into my day. Walk with me all day. Help me to get into God's word today. Help me to remember to praise you today. Help me remember to turn on worship music. And when it's on, not just be thinking of other things, but be focusing on the lyrics of the song and praising you today. And then when you go to bed at night or when you're at the table with your family, either by yourself or together, say, how has the Holy Spirit shown up in my life? How was I awake to the Holy Spirit today? What did he do? Because I tell you, he's working even if you're unaware of it. And I would say to you, even with little ones, how did you see God today? How did you see the Holy Spirit work in you today? Did you see a smile from a friend? Or a smile from someone that you don't normally get along with? Did you act out of kindness today? Did you do the right thing today? How did the Holy Spirit show up and teach each other to wake up? Let's pray together. Father God, we praise you for your spirit. You did not have to do that for us, but you did. You, first of all, sent your son to die and resurrect for us and gave us that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to live, to be sealed in anyone who believes. God, if there's anyone here who has not made that decision but wants that power that I speak of, God, I pray that you'll give them the courage from your spirit, soften their heart, so they will just accept you into their life. And then, God, give them the courage to reach out to me or one of our staff to journey with them on this. And those of us who know you and trust you and believe in you but walk separate from you, God, wake us up. Wake us up with your word, with worship, with praise, with prayer, with other believers, God, so that we can look back every single day and see your mighty work. Thank you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name.